All right, everybody, on today's episode of Locked on Avalanche, The Athletic came out with a pretty good article last week. They do this every year. What is the confidence level the fan base has and the general public has in the front office of every single NHL team? The Avalanche, while they are still towards the top, dipped a little bit. How do we feel about the confidence level that we have in the Avalanche front office and the Western Conference as a whole. New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked on Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in. Making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on social media, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, X, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Follow us on our YouTube channel. Over on YouTube, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Definitely subscribe to our subtext. You are going to want to get on that soon because when the season starts, there's going to be some exclusive conversations going on over there that we will bring to the uh, the, the uh, each episode uh, once the season gets rolling, which we will only get from the people over on Subtext. So link to that is in the show notes below. Subscribe to that. And like I said, chat with Kyle and I one-on-one. All right, um, as you can see on the rundown, we will get to the Western Conference um, as a whole. We talked about the Central Division on uh, Monday's episode. So now we're going to talk about the state of the Western Conference uh, and where we feel it, it is going. Are, are, we, are we okay? It's kind of like a confidence show, right? Yeah. We're doing, we're doing the front office of the Avalanche based on that athletic article. And we're kind of, kind of going to go into the Western Conference as a whole how it stacks up against the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, but we'll start with the the Avalanche in particular with that athletic article. They do this every year, and they they rate the, the confidence level that the fan base and the public has for each team, um, and they break it down into roster building, cap management, draft and development, trading, free agency, uh, the overall vision of the team, and then they get a, a total consensus uh, for all of those different categories. Um, and last year, the Colorado Avalanche were number one. Number one. Uh, this year, they dipped. They're still top ten. They're even top five. They are number five this year. Um, I'll just go through the top five as it is. The New Jersey Devils are number one. Last year, they were 11th. Carolina Hurricanes are number two. <clears throat> Last year, they were fourth. Tampa Bay Lightning are still up there. Tampa Bay Lightning are three. They dipped one. They were second last year. The big mover is at number four. The Dallas Stars are number four when last year they were 24th. That is a huge increase. And the Avalanche dipped. They were, uh, like I said, number five, or excuse me, number one last year. Number five this year. Um, and if you, you want to go one more, maybe this one's a little bit more. Eh, it's about the same. So Vegas is number six. 
They were 31 the year before. Good night. That just shows you like that. Even that fan base is a little crazy. If you had 31, if, if you were the 31st confidence team um, from the fan base, man, you are expecting miracles out of that. Team. It, that's a whole nother show. I don't want to go. Good God. Um, if they won the cup. <laughs> well, that, that this is now, now they won the cup. Now you have confidence in the team. So yeah. we're up to sixth. You know what I mean? So it's just, that is such a maybe we've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> oh my god! So, all right, if you're watching over on YouTube, I'll put up that uh, that card that is over on the athletic. There it is of all the things that I was talking about. So for for the roster building, uh, the general public gave it an A, while the fan base gave it an A minus. Cap management public is A minus. Fan base is B plus. Draft and development. That's the one I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about. Mm-hmm. B for the public, C minus for the fan base. I think the fan base is a little bit more tuned into that yeah, one. Than they, the, the, the real ones know. <laughs> uh, trading, both gave an A. Free agency, A minus by the public, B plus by the fan base. The vision of the team, the public gave an straight A. The fan base gave an A minus. And just as a total, there's an A for the public and a B plus for the fan base. So just give me your thoughts on, on, you know, do you feel like it was coming that, that they were going to drop from that number one spot just for the simple fact that they didn't win a cup and, and that there were some questions after last year? Yeah, I, I, when you, especially when you look at this, like the split between the public and the fan base, you could see the outside just coming off that cup year the public's perception of the Colorado avalanche is still as an elite unit, but the fan base we've went through all 82 games of complete injuries and cycling in that roster. And Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of doubt. There's a little bit of like bumps and bruises to the emotions of the fan base going through last year and that Seattle exit in the playoffs. So I, when you're, when you list all those grades, I kind of lean towards the fan base. Like, sure. And yeah. honestly, we talked about it like the everydayers know when we started making those moves for like Ryan Johansson, like immediately right out of the gate addressing that need. That was the immediate like boost to the confidence going into this offseason that we needed. So with all those additional pieces, I feel a lot better going into this season. But yeah, I would have probably tallied a lot of the same votes if you asked me as soon as the season ended. Yeah, I think it's trading. Yeah, I mean, both gave an A. <clears throat> and I think the Avalanche make good, solid trades. Oh, and you and you froze there while you're coming back. That also, when it mentions trading, it's who they're trading and who are they not trading as well. They, like they, when they I, have to talk there. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. when they're talking about trading, like, the Sam Gerard thing sticks out, but like holding on to him still, it's it's still a win. I, I think it is. I, I know there, there's a lot of people who are maybe looking at that, like, why has that not been done yet? And and I we've been saying over and over it's it's not going to happen. Well, it, if it happens, um, it will be because of cap management, yep. not because of his play. We've said that so many times, and it seems like it might be going down that road at some point here, right? Um, but for trading, like, yeah, they make good, solid trades. They make mm-hmm. sound trades. Um, I think when you look at the draft and development thing, 
the the big gap there between the public giving a B and the fan base giving a C minus, I think that for the public just comes from well they drafted Kale McCarr, yeah, the, you know they, they drafted Nathan McKinnon even though that was ten years ago, um, but they, they will look at wow they drafted those superstars, but you have to look at everything when you're talking about draft and development. Cannot look at just but drafting Kale McCarr, it would be more immediate, right? I don't I don't want to get into Nathan McKinnon because that was long, long, a long time ago in uh hockey. You know, that's a long time ago. But so for more immediate is Kale McCarr. Just because you drafted him and you got him fourth and he's become what he's become does not eliminate everything else that the Avalanche have drafted. They have struggled to to draft and develop properly. And I don't want to say like <clears throat> I'm not sitting here saying I'm not I don't like being one of those guys that is like you know hindsight's 2020 and like Monday morning quarterbacking it. At the time, how did we feel about those draft picks? How did, at the mm-hmm. time, how did we feel about Alex Newhook? I think we all liked it. You know yeah. what I mean? And and there there were so many along the way. Maybe n- not every single one of them. I don't want to say every single one of them, but for most of them, I don't think we were sitting there thinking like that's a terrible pick. So what is it then? Is it the way that the Avalanche developed them? Are, are they are they failing in really being able to develop guys outside of the top ten? It seems that way. Yeah, and that's a fantastic point. And you bringing up Newhook is one of those, like Justin Barron. Like, there's a lot of names that like come in and completely right back out. Um, mm-hmm. That they it, it also keep in mind, Kale McCarr. Like when it comes to the public. Um, perception of their draft it's a little bit higher because it feels like this is Kale McCarr's second season every season like (laughs) he feels still fresh enough where it's like that's like 2019 like before the bubble Mm -hmm. it's been a minute Kale's been in the league for a little bit now like we like to talk about he's it's this new thing but he's been around for a minute so that C minus feels a little bit more relatable because like new hooks not here and he was the last kind of flashy thing sampo ranta's yeah. gone right like there's so the, the interesting thing is <clears throat> you look at the roster building and there's confidence there mm-hmm. uh for the fan base it's a minus that's sixth best and for drafting development the c minus is 28th <laughs> so it's because so, they can't draft but they could go get ross colton right. and miles right. wood and exactly yeah. That's what it is. So, so the confidence comes, and yeah, you feel you feel good that this this front office can put together a team, yeah, ha- through free agency and through trading, but you're not confident that they can add, you know, good prospects. And there's a handful that we still don't know that the jury's out on on a lot of these guys. If they improve, or not improve, if they if they show up and 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 become a big part of the team then that draft and development grade will go up. But right now, I think people are, are sitting there like, oh, just imagine, man. Imagine if all of those like draft picks that you can think of that didn't pan out, I don't want to say they hit a home run with every single one of them. If they could have just hit a double with some yeah. of those draft picks, you, you would be feeling incredible. You, you feel great about this team where they stand. And I think a lot of people are having that window question and the reason that 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 question is popping up is because of the draft and development part. Can you keep going out and reinventing your team based solely and roster building your team based solely on free agents and trades? 
th- that's that's putting a lot of pressure on that to be perfect. Yeah. If the draft and development part isn't, it'd be nice to have the draft and developing kind of like okay, if you don't if you don't make a a, a good trade. Well, then we had this guy who can come in and kind of take over and that will override the trade that went bad. But right now you're putting so much stock into all of the other things have to be good because the the prospects are are a little bit suspect right now. So you're playing with fire a little bit. Um, and it's not like they're just thrown in the towel on drafting and developing. It's just for whatever reason, the past handful of seasons just has not gone their way. We'll see if... You know, got like if John Luke Foodie can work out, if yeah. Oscar Lawson can work out, um, uh, who uh, uh, like Guliyev, who they got this year, who's uh, you know down the road a little bit. You know, you ha- you still have some guys that okay, let's try this again. Let's try this next crop of guys. If they work out, your draft and development grade goes up. Obviously, if they don't work out, then you're just adding to those that list of guys who just are not working out, and that, that C minus is going to go down. There's room to go down for that. Yes, surprisingly, and it's it's a problem, and you see that shift in Major League Baseball. Like the days of the Steinbrenner buying your Yankee team, like it got mm-hmm. you so far, it got you World Series, but those that day those days don't work anymore. Like you see teams like the Atlanta Braves contending because of their prospect system, and you look at the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, they could get by with the name, and they could put in these Ross Coltons, Miles Wood, like the list goes on and on and on. But you have to bring in some youth and some prospects because when you're paying these experienced veteran guys, you need those those cheaper prospect contracts to, you know, to get through on the ELC. It's yeah. it's it's much easier to build a team that way, and the Avs just haven't been able to do that. Honestly, post bubble, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 something that you know, and you you know that they're sitting there <clears throat> saying like we ha- that has to improve. Yeah, um, and man, like as far you eliminate that, uh, everything else, like the vision part, like you know this this front office is always going to want to compete, mm-hmm. and 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 they don't like to even even the year that that with the dumpster fire of a season, and everyone's like, oh, it's a rebuild. And I think in some, you know, they overachieved that following year by by getting into the postseason. But that shows you how quickly that this team can turn it around. So I think this front office is always in. They're 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 always full in, you know, uh, all in. Put put all your cards on the table, and they will always do that to the best of their ability. So as far as the vision goes, yeah, I, I I'm pretty confident in this front office. And maybe some people don't like some specific moves that have been made, and we can debate that. Um, but they do it. The moves that they make are are with the the best interest of the team in mind in going to get another championship. And I don't think you can really deny that part of it. And, you know, I'd love to see what this grade looks like next year after seeing well, E-Rod somewhere else. And I, I, I'd like to see the moves that they made this year and the players they allowed to let walk. Yeah. I'm curious to see what the vision looks like this year. It's all going to depend on where they end up. Because, yep. you know, when you go win the cup <clears throat> and then you follow it up the next year with a first round elimination, the confidence in the famous is going to dip. Yep. And you're right. If if they the guys that they let walk, if they have a repeat of a first round elimination, it's going to dip even more mm-hmm. because you, why did you let those guys go? They could have helped you if you let those guys go and you improve, you get to the Stanley Cup final. 
confidence is going to go up because like, wow, they knew what they were doing. <clears throat> we wanted those guys back, but they let them go, got new, some new guys in and improved over last season. We'll see how it goes. So this is it's kind of a fun thing to look at year after year. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll keep an eye on it and do this again this time next year. Uh, for now, let's hear from Bird Dogs. <clears throat> Let me get uh, move some stuff around here over on YouTube, and then uh, we'll get back into the Eastern, or excuse me, the Western Conference Final. But right now, <clears throat> we're going to hear from Bird Dogs. Um, there, look at Kyle. Look at that. He comes prepared. <clears throat> Which ones are those, sir? These oh, yeah, are. You're, 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 you are showering yourself in Bird Dogs. Which ones? Are, what do you got these, there? These are the like the sweatpant version. I know I've been showing off the shorts, but mm -hmm. it's about to start getting colder. I believe it in my soul. It's going to start getting colder. Yeah, I mean, come on. They're 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 wonderful looking shorts and pants, and and the and like I like the inside. Look at that, like that that line green on inside uh, lining. Excellent I mean, stuff. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts and pants are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. And they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit so much better. They fit bigger than regular shorts, which are usually made of a stiff, restricting cotton. But bird dogs, they don't because they fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice on movement. So make sure to go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter and enter the promo code locked on NHL at the checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your purchase. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free water bottle at checkout at checkout. And we can guarantee you, you will not want to take your bird dogs off. I know Kyle hasn't wearing a pair right now. All right, so uh, like I said, on Monday we did uh, the Central Division, kind of just talked about the state of the Central, how things look currently, how we think they look for the future, <clears throat> and let's do the same thing for the Western Conference. Everybody talks about the East and how much of a beast that is and how they just kick the snot out of each other during the regular season, and maybe the Western Conference can uh, – cash in on that by the time they get to the Stanley Cup final. I don't know if that's the reason, but what the Western Conference can do is brag that the last two champions are in the West. And it's not I don't want to make it seem like the East is just so far above the West. Uh, but I think just top to bottom, the East is more competitive. Where the West, it's like the, the West as a whole is kind of like the central division. Like the it's it's top heavy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, they could put up a fight by far in, in, in the playoffs. But what do you think of the Central as things stand right now? When it comes to the West, like, I, I love what you were saying. Like, there's, like, six to eight teams in the East that you can make a serious conversation for winning the Cup. Last year, as everything finished out in the Western Conference, the fifth best team in the Western Conference was the Los Angeles Kings. Who you didn't really feel were going to make like a deep run, right? Yeah. So that's that's where it tops out. So you, yeah, you, like your top four, it's your top two in the Pacific and your top two in the Central, and then the Los Angeles Kings come rounding it out. So and then you in the East you have three or four other teams that you could 
make a good case could win the Stanley Cup. So that's where that balance comes in. And when you look at the West last year compared to this year, I don't know if there's that much of a change. So let me let's do this. Let's, and I know we're gonna we were gonna save the East for another show, but can we at least talk about this? So, like you said, there's what six teams from last year's playoff that you felt had a legitimate shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's here's the eight teams that made the playoffs. Boston, sure. At the start of the playoffs, absolutely, they had to be the favorite going in. Carolina, sure. A lot of people picked them uh, that they could win it. New Jersey, I think maybe some people thought it was a little bit too early for them, but they were number three, so sure, they had a shot. Toronto, all jokes aside, uh, still had a good team, and and anything is possible, obviously. The Rangers, maybe a little bit of an outside chance, but maybe there's a small smattering of people who think, hey, maybe they could go on a run. Tampa Bay still had that Tampa Bay, you know, hanging over their head of just like we are the the lightning can turn it on in the playoffs the islanders maybe that's the one team that you felt i'll say this maybe the two teams that you, the start of the playoffs that you didn't think were going to do anything were the islanders and florida yeah and florida did yeah so really there was one team that like in, in the islanders that you didn't that, that didn't really do anything maybe they had a confidence that you weren't were not going to go very far along with the the panthers who did go to the end Yep. And then on, on the West, <clears throat> you have Vegas, who sure, I mean, they were number one. A lot of people thought they could do what they did. Uh, a lot of people were in on Edmonton. I wasn't, but uh, some people just felt like it was their year. You're going to have Colorado and maybe Dallas last year. Sure, you can throw Dallas in there. But yeah, everybody else, Los Angeles, you didn't really think they were. You didn't think Minnesota was. You didn't think Seattle was. And you knew Winnipeg wasn't. So it is, it is very, it's, it, as you know, it, it is those three and a half teams that are really carrying the West right now. And I don't see that changing this year. No. And uh, I think and we, we made this discussion on Monday when it came to the central, I think it's conference wide. I mm-hmm. think just the stronger teams got stronger and honest. And we talked about the, the top teams in the West last year. And we kind of joke around about the dumpster fire that was Chicago. The mm-hmm. Anaheim Ducks were the worst team in the West last year with a point differential of minus 129. <sighs> so uh, nobody and, else was 100. Yeah. And in, in the West, anyway. And we all just kind of completely forgot that because Chicago it was fun to watch them not kind of up there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they were on the down, <laughs> like on the downturn. So everybody kind of got their their last laugh after the the quote-unquote dynasty that they had. Mm-hmm. But Anaheim was atrocious. And they really, honestly, have not improved. So um, I think they've improved. So it, it, I think they've improved enough. And because they're a young team, uh, those guys got, have another year under their belt. So, yeah, I think they should be a little bit more improved. So much so we're, I mean, you know, maybe they get to 13th in the conference rather than 16th. I will say last year, there was a lot of hype around Calgary. Like right before the playoff time, like there was like this team, if they could get it together, they could do something. I will say going into this year, this Calgary team scares me a little bit more. I have to give you credit, sir, because uh, at the, at the beginning of last season, you were not sold on Calgary. You were, you were not. And uh, 
I thought they were shooing to make a playoff spot. And I can't remember if you said that they, that, yeah, they'll get a playoff spot. But I don't know. It, it, I can't remember if you said that it's going to be a struggle for them. I think you did say it was going to be a little bit of a struggle for them. Didn't see that coming. Um, and that that you know, why don't we get into that? You know, as far as uh, yeah, let's get into like predicting the West, right? Let's do that. So you, you, we we we're pretty confident in Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and Edmonton. Right, I think we'd have to say like Edmonton should get in this year again. Um, do you have any objections to any of those four? No, I I feel like that is your cream of the crop to quote the wise prophet Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> and I would even put Los Angeles in there if you want to push it out to five. They did get uh, PLD. They get yes. Pierre Luc Dubois. I, so. I think Los Angeles is going to be a, a a good team. Pretty much you know, on par with what they did last year, which was 104 points. I think they can do that. Um, do you put Seattle in again? I think so. I think Seattle's pretty comfortable to have they a got playoff. Belmar. That means you're automatically <laughs> getting a <laughs> <that> second mean? round. <laughs> Does it? Um, all right. So there's six teams. As far as who made the playoffs last year, Minnesota and Winnipeg were the other ones. Minnesota could possibly, yeah. Winnipeg, I don't think so. I think, I think that's your one team that it, you're pretty confident to say is going to be the change. Everybody else, you're pretty confident that those seven teams are going to remain, with the only one being Winnipeg out. And who replaces them? I think the consensus would be Calgary. So there's not much like we're, we're on the east. It's like, <clears throat> hey, you could you could ha- ask a half a dozen people and they could give you a half a dozen different playoff scenarios. We're in the West. It's, it's not that way. It's Winnipeg's not going to be there and probably Calgary is going to replace them. And all the other teams are the same. And it's funny that it comes down to Winnipeg and Calgary where both locker rooms have been a, well, Winnipeg has been a quiet dumpster fire in the locker room for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And Calgary last year was an open dumpster fire. Like there, yeah. there was a lot of friction there. And going into this season, if they could get that figured out, Calgary will be in the playoffs and break some hearts in the playoffs. But if it turns out to be a repeat of last year, I see it turning into Vancouver 2.0. And then it's just everybody's jumping ship at the deadline. Coaches are fired. We're going to have to retool this organization. And then all this hype that we're giving to Calgary, throw it away because they're retooling the entire organization. And what about the future of, of the West? I mean, <clears throat> you're pretty, you know, you, you, you like <clears throat> seeing teams like that are at the bottom kind of start to improve. And you're pretty confident a team like Chicago, just with the history that they have, they will improve. You're pretty confident St. Louis will improve. Nashville will want to, you know, step it up in the next couple of years. Even San Jose. Like those mm-hmm. teams don't like where they are right now, and you feel like they're going through the right procedures to get back to where they once were. And maybe Anaheim, maybe takes them a little bit longer, but you don't have confidence that teams like Arizona are going to do that. I don't know what's going on in Vancouver. I don't really feel good about that. I don't feel good about Winnipeg. So those are the teams that are kind of like coming down as those other teams are going up. And see, the thing is also at the top. With Edmonton and Vegas, hmm. we talked about windows in the first segment about the vision. You want to talk about Vegas's window? This 
Like that is a tight window. They almost did not have or they almost didn't have that team put together last year because LTIR and cap. It's going to be hard to repeat what they did last year. Edmonton, mm-hmm. the McDavid <clears throat> thing is looming. And each year it gets louder. It gets louder. And it's going to be hard to put that team together, especially if they keep hitting a wall in the playoffs. McDavid's going to want to win somewhere. So that's yeah. going to be a problem. So that window, it's not so much an Edmonton window, it's a McDavid window. Sure. I think that's the best way to put it. Because as long and, as he's there, they're they're in. They're and in. those two teams, they could c- fall off the top and they have to go somewhere which rises everybody else. Right. So yeah. there's not a lot of change that has to be done. You just have to ride it out. And these teams that you mentioned, they're not doing a lot, but what they're building they could continue to build on for just a little bit, not making a lot of moves, but they could rise to making these playoff spots and surprising people and working their way up because, hey, Colorado and Dallas are right behind. They got to start figuring some stuff out in the next couple of years, and then they could be shifting and coming right back up. So that's what the future looks like in the West. It's whose windows closed and who's building it right. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it. So. Um, but I think at least for this year, I think, you know, and it kind of stinks a little bit like being, being in like an avalanche fan or a Dallas stars fan, you pretty much have a playoff spot locked up uh, Mm -hmm. on day one. And I hate saying it's not like a cocky way of of saying it. It's just the way that division is, or the conference is lined up right now is there's not a lot of teams pushing the teams at the top. You don't have it. You don't have it. So We'll see. Who who do you think? Like, do you think there's going to be more than just one team, more than just one Winnipeg team that drops off, or do you feel like there's going to be multiple? I kind of want to know uh, in the comments section. So, so fire away on anything that we talked about today, including the uh, front office confidence stuff as well. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, we'll have a crossover, kind of finalizing on who that's going to be. We have a couple more left before the uh, summer is over. So, uh, that's going to wrap it up. For Wednesday's episode, uh, we'll be back on Friday. But thank you for tuning in, making this one your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. For Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys on Friday. Go, Abs, go! Go, Abs, go!